Hello, my name is Dhruva Jashankar, and I am Executive Director of the Observer Research Foundation America, or ORF America. Uh, ORF America is a think tank in Washington, D.C., dedicated to addressing policy challenges facing the United States, India, and their partners in a rapidly changing world. Yesterday, on February 11, 2022, the Biden administration in the United States released its Indo-Pacific strategy. This 15-page document lays out an official approach to the Indo-Pacific, the broad region stretching from the United States' west coast to the Middle East and Africa. The United States and the world's future is deeply tied to the region, home to most of the world's population and the majority of its uh, economic growth. The document sets an objective of a free and open, connected, prosperous, secure, and resilient Indo-Pacific, and outlines a number of steps to achieve this goal. This involves shaping China's strategic environment, building a balance of influence, and offering a positive, affirmative vision for the region. Up front, there's a clear acknowledgement that most regional challenges are due to China's, quote, harmful behavior. Although China looms large, Biden administration officials have been keen to point out that this Indo-Pacific strategy is not the same as their overall China strategy. They perceive the China challenge to be broader, more global, and across many domains, although most apparent in the Indo-Pacific. In this respect, the Indo-Pacific strategy represents broad continuity with the Trump administration. Another area of continuity, and one of particular importance to me, involves the elevated role of India. We support a strong India as a partner, the document clearly states. It also promises to support India's role as a net security provider. The Quad involving Australia, India, Japan, and the United States is projected as a central building block of U.S. engagement with the region. Now, this is not to suggest that U.S. allies in the Indo-Pacific have been downgraded. The importance of Japan and South Korea and so the sometimes vexed relationship between them is uh, emphasized, as are new initiatives uh, such as the uh, AUKUS arrangement that not only consolidates security relations with Australia, but involves a key European ally in the UK. In fact, the role of emerging technologies, of which uh, AUKUS uh, is uh, one important element, uh, is a cardinal theme throughout the strategy. Additionally, uh, engagement with the Southeast Asian countries that comprise ASEAN and uh, other states, such as the South Pacific, is very much a focus. The Biden administration is very sensitive to requests that these countries should not feel compelled to choose between the United States and China, so there are pains to highlight an affirmative role on the part of the U.S. Bringing in European partners in the region is another recurring theme. So while largely a continuation of the Trump administration's approach, um, there are some clear indications of priorities for the Democratic Party. Chief amongst these is climate change, but also non-proliferation and human rights. Whether these priorities can be sustained under future administrations is certainly questionable. As a whole, the document bears the strong imprint of Kurt Campbell, who is currently Indo-Pacific coordinator uh, at the National Security Council, and his protégés such as Mira Rapp Hooper, Ed Kagan, Laura Rosenberger, and Rush Doshi. Uh, this approach, uh, their approach to the Indo-Pacific, has been criticized by some uh, Democratic Party uh, policy stalwarts um, who believe it's too confrontational, uh, and this uh, applies mostly to, to China hands. While the Biden administration can be credited with uh, recognizing and building upon some of the changes made by the Trump administration on Indo-Pacific policy, including recognizing the very term um, and also recognizing the broad challenge posed by China, it's still a hotly debated topic in DC policy circles. Finally, if there's one major point of criticism or concern, uh, it might uh, apply to the lack of detail on a US economic strategy for the region. This is in some ways understandable, given constraining domestic priorities in the United States and 
the lack of support for a forward-leaning trade agreements in the U.S. Congress. But it remains to be seen whether the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, which has been promised, that involves uh, technological transformations, labor and environmental standards, and resilient supply chains, will be sufficiently attractive in the Indo-Pacific uh, and enable the United States to better compete with China. This has been Dhruva Jayashankar of ORF America. Thank you for joining me on Conversation 6. Uh, follow ORF America on Twitter for a lot more on the Indo-Pacific and the Quad. Thank you.